Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads. Hi, it's Deb in Halifax. Hi, it's Simone in Vancouver. Hey, it's Tanya in Edmonton. Well, our latest read is the debut novel for Priya Guns. Your Driver is Waiting is about Domini, who is pretty tired. Her father has died. She cares for her mom, drives a ride share to pay the bills for both of them as she lives paycheck to paycheck in their basement and is angry at a world that seemed to promise her more until she meets Jolene and then life opens up. Jolene seems like the perfect girlfriend until she's not. This sets off an explosive chain of events. There's comedy, there's politics, love and privilege, all a little messy. <laughs> so, ladies, a little messy indeed. <laughs> a hot mess, perhaps. <laughs> wow. Well, oh. I was just I was impressed with with Dominie when she was uh, she's forever working out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, there was, I was just trying to get a visual sense of like, like how buff she looked, you know? And I'm like, and I actually thought, well, gee, Tanya, maybe you could, you know, take some notes. <laughs> Find some inspiration. Find some inspiration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she did. Def- she had a lot of anger. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. That was probably a good way for her to get it out. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What did you guys think? I mean, yeah, she's obviously got a lot of stuff. I, I felt, you know, it was heartbreaking when I, you know, I mean, there's the, there's quite a few themes in this book. Um, one mm. of them, I, you know, when I was reading and I found out that the house that they owned, they ended up having to sell and then they had to live in the basement and the people who owned the house were the landlords upstairs. And I thought, oh, my goodness, like how crushing for her family, for her mom and dad, you know, mm-hmm. <sighs> trying to make a better life. Right. And then it just uh, and yeah, they had to sell it. Mm. It's really sad. Yeah, it's really interesting, the themes of you just see how the privileged live and how the other half lives. You know, it just really shed a lot of light on there's people that um, have no idea how some people are living. And some people are just, yeah, paycheck to paycheck, you know, making ends meet, working together as a family, having multiple streams of income to afford their life and do things. So, you know, it's it's uh, for anyone who doesn't see that side of things, it's a great read to get into kind of to, to check your privilege in a way, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, I, I think with what's happening, not just in our country, but all over the world right now um, with the economies, um, I think a lot of people fell into a class they never knew before or never thought they could fall into. Um, so perhaps um you know, looking at things a little differently now, but the struggle is real. And um, yeah, I, I, I think it gives us time to kind of reflect and and look around and, and um, see how everybody is living, not just one particular group. Yeah, I liked this one because in an, a previous interview, Priya Guns has said that uh, she wrote this book for people with a short attention span, <laughs> and we can talk to her about that <laughs> like a little me. later. <laughs> yeah, but I think that was me, and I liked the 
I like the momentum, like it was moving for me. It was a little slower in the beginning, but, you know, midway through or about 100 pages in, I was like, okay, let's go, let's go, what's happening? And I kind of like the quick chapters, like it just, you know, what's next, what's happening? And that momentum really helped me with how much I enjoyed this read. And it was, it was great if uh, you needed to put it down and pick it up again, like you felt like you could with this one, the writing style, it really, I connected with that style of writing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Abs- I think yeah, I absolutely. Did too. <laughs> it definitely moved along. And, uh, and yeah, the cha- chapters were short. One of them was like one page, you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. But it just, um, but it just kind of added to sort of the element of like what was, what was happening. And I felt, I kind of felt like throughout the novel that, Everything was sort of escalating, you know, like it's just building and building and building. And I kept wondering, like, what is going to happen? And then I was thinking, I don't like Jolene at all. (laughs) I didn't like her. And I just, you know, halfway through the book, I kind of like I set it down. I'm like, what is she up to? (laughs) I I just thought that. And I thought I thought, Damani, you know, like. She is looking at this woman who she describes with blonde and blue eyed and she's got like this halo, this glow about her. And I'm like, she's just too damn perfect, girl. Like, she's just what is she up to? And I kept thinking about that. So I kept waiting for like the shit to hit the fan, basically. And it did. It did. Right. Yeah. um, It's one mm -hmm. of those where you think like. Okay, is this too good to be true? Because she kind of felt like mm-hmm. Jolene was out of her league, but then she was feeding yes. her all that information that made it seem like, no, like this is real. I like you. I. She was telling her everything she needed to hear, you know? So it's like, then you yeah. start to believe it. I kept thinking that Jolene was living a double life, which she isn't. She, she isn't living a double life, but I, but I kind of felt like that. I kind of felt like, what game is she playing with Damani, you know, and I kind of, you know what I thought? I thought, I thought, you know what? This girl is going to be married on the other side of this and she's just uh-huh. playing around. That's what I thought. Yeah. When- I thought she was just playing around and I thought, how cruel are you to go and play with someone else's emotions and that? I mean, it, it wasn't that to that extent. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens towards the end of the book, but I I just didn't trust her, you know? So that was sort of like me thinking about Jolene. But you think of Domini and like she... When she started to mistrust her, she did not give up. Didn't. Breaking into uh, into the house, following her around, seeing what was going on. It was like a bit of chaotic behavior. But at the end of the day, like she needed those answers. And think of how many people yeah. this happens to where you're in this world, a relationship ends or something happens and you don't have closure and you don't have answers. So you are almost doing anything possible to just close that chapter for yourself and be like, make it make sense. What is happening it's, here? Yeah. yeah. It's called ghosting. Yeah. That is just so cruel when she, oh my gosh. First of all, she like destroys the doo-wop, which I was just like, I thought, you bitch. (laughs) I just Mm -hmm. thought, I did. Like, I really did. Because I thought this, I thought the doo-wop was like magical, you know, and, and you read a lot about it in the book. And I just thought, you know, it was so many things to so many people in that area. You know, it was sort of like their salvation. It was their... They went there to like burn off community. They went to burn off steam. They danced. They, you know, cooked and and all this stuff. And I thought, oh, my goodness. 
She and took it away because she had no. She had she, her own places to go, so she didn't care about that community. And again, that comes back yeah. to her privilege, right? Like closing down something that yeah. means so much to someone else when it's just like a blip on your radar. It just shows like it. It meant nothing because if well, she, she really wanted to understand those people, she would have taken the time to do that and not jumped at like those conclusions. She didn't. She had her own agenda, you know, mm-hmm. sorry, now we're picking on Jolene, but I feel like she had her own agenda, you know, and, and fine. She goes to the doo-wop and she's like, she feels, she feels like that she is the uh, minority, which of course she is, but she didn't even want to listen. You know, she didn't no. listen to Sharip and she kept calling him sheriff, which made me really mad. <laughs> she kept calling him like his name's not sheriff. <laughs> I know. You, anyway, yeah. so there was like a lot about, oh, I don't know, maybe we'll have to, we'll have to talk to Priya about Jolene because I just want to know yeah. where she came in. I think she's like a lot and, of people, though. I think yeah. she it represents somebody, maybe many people we know on social media, right? They're there for the yeah. image. They're there for the likes. They're there for the shares. They're, they are there, we assume, for you know, something good, <laughs> even though mm-hmm, we are talking mm-hmm. social media, there is good there. Um, and we wanted to want to believe in them and believe that what they are throwing at us is truly something good. Um, but it's, it's just a, a, a facade, I guess. Yeah. Because um, if she yeah. was really there for that, she could have just been like, you know what, Dominique, like this makes me uncomfortable. This doesn't align with, you know, what I'm thinking for this protest. I think mm-hmm. we should just go our separate ways. And she could have let it be and be like, you know, that is how this group wants to protest and represent things. I have a different way of protesting. But like when she went on camera and what was that line? It was like silence is um, that kind of gave it away that she was the one who <laughs> like kind of, um, well, you know, vi- the violence and the silence. Uh, yeah. What was silence that? is yeah. violence or something. Right. And mm-hmm. it, it was just those little nuggets that she was kind of the one who was outing these people in this situation. I was like, you know what? That's not cool. Like these this group of people let you in and I'm sure it was hard for them to trust you. But they had their you know, they put uh, everything behind them to be like, let's give this person a chance. But she really didn't give anybody a chance. Mm-hmm. Not at all. And I think Not the thing that kind of capped it, the thing that capped it for me with Jolene was after she called the cops on the doo-wop. Mm-hmm. And of course, they came in, shut everything down, press charges. People were going to be deported. And then Domini is trying to find Jolene and she sees her at a food truck. And Jolene has got like 10 tacos in front of her and she's posting a <laughs> damn photo you know how people take food of you know pictures of yeah. food. Sorry, I'm just mm-hmm. getting angry. She's posting a photo <laughs> of herself with these freaking tacos, and Dominique's like, "How can she can't even eat those tacos?" And you know that many tacos. And meanwhile, she's like, on the other side of the city is chaos, and people's lives are being ruined. And here she is, sitting in her pretty dress or whatever at a, you know, posting about her damn food. How disconnected. <laughs> oh, yeah. my goodness. Sorry. Oh, she just no. didn't. Yeah, I didn't like Oh, her. but the <laughs> scenes of her following her in the car, the scenes of her t- tackling her during the jog, know. you know, in her home. And then, like, later she's working out with the bed sheets. Like, it just was like, yeah. so I know. Actually, I, I was like, I thought I remember the bed sheets. That's pretty <laughs> <laughs> 
Jolene is, you know, she's one of those people who can manipulate, but you don't recognize it. I guess that's what a manipulator is, right? The disguise is so good that you don't recognize it. And then you're into a relationship that becomes very unhealthy. And again, you're Mm -hmm. so far into it that Mm -hmm. you don't recognize or realize, oh, my gosh, this is toxic. I should not be in this. How did I get here? But you've fallen for this person. Yeah, and yeah, to, exactly. And with Domini, she's a driver for a rideshare yeah. company. And it's interesting because they meet through that. But do you think it was like as soon as Jolene saw her, she was like, ooh, project. And like, this is what I'm going mm. to do. It's my yeah. she had that, you know, MO anyways. And she just needed someone to kind of get her into that world uh, to learn more about what was going on deeper in the protests and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I wonder, because at the end of the book, when uh, Dominique and her mom are eating at the little cafe and she sees Jolene with a veterinarian. Oh, yeah. She's like, you know, and it's like, okay, well, she's doing it again. Mm -hmm. She's doing it again. It's just a little project Mm, for her. Yeah, I wondered about, um, you know, talking about the themes, like I think grief was here too. And I just, I, I, I wrote this down because I thought it made me laugh, but it also kind of made me cry a little bit is her mom and it's Ama, right? Is that how she says her mom? Yeah. Ama? That she was selectively paralyzed because of the grief she was feeling because, of course, her husband, Dominique's dad, had passed away six months prior to the start of this book. And so she just wasn't helping herself. But she could move if she felt like it. Yeah. But there was, again, selectively paralyzed that she was sort of kind of wallowing in her own grief. I don't know whether wallowing is the right term because grief is a grief and um, everybody feels it differently. But I just thought that was kind of interesting. And then at the end... You know, her mom is doing more and she actually cooks something and you can kind of see. I I saw a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, (laughs) I think so. For her and her mom. Yeah. And some people need that. It's just, you know, like you said, everyone grieves differently. So sometimes you Mm -hmm. just want to shut out the world, not move, be alone, live in your house, be in your sweats. Or other times you're like, you know, maybe and that was Dominique's thing. It's just like, I need to be out. I need to get out of the house because when I'm at home, I'm reminded of all this. And and some people just want to stay busy and block it out and almost, you know, and do it that way because they can't just sit there and be alone with their thoughts. So there's so many different ways to do it. And but at the end of the day, she took on that whole burden of supporting her mom because she knew her mom was going through such a tough time. Um, and and working as much as she mm-hmm. did. But such an interesting concept, you know, with this book, uh, going back to the ride sharing and the driving and how many interesting people you pick up. Like anytime oh, you know. get into a taxi or an Uber or something like that, you've got to think like, how many stories does this driver Ooh. have of what's just happened tonight? Like anything from the day with like a mom with her kids or like the, the elderly woman who's going to bingo or to people who have partied all night and you're sober and you're watching them just be a mess in the back of your car. Like How many absolutely. secrets have they been able to keep? How many things have they reported, you know, immediately? <laughs> yeah. Well, Dominique, I think even says that, you know, being uh, being driving for a rideshare company is like driving a confession. They just, you know, you know how you can say stuff to strangers that you can't say to your closest friend, you know, because there's no there's no judgment, right? You can just go, blah, here you go. This is my <laughs> uh-huh. life. And and Dominique and, and people like her who are driving, they just sort of 
there's nothing they can do. They're, you know, they're a captive audience, aren't they, right? Person's in the back seat and it's whatever goes on, goes on. I think it's, I think it'd be crazy to be a drive, to be a taxi driver or a uh-huh. drive share. I don't think I could do it. Plus, I don't think I'd want to clean up all the messes. Yeah. <laughs> and there were quite a few. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. There's quite that. a few. The other side of it is how descriptive she is about how rideshare drivers feel. Like, you know how sometimes we yes. are getting into a vehicle and we have that instinct of, I don't know this person. Are they safe? Are they a good driver? Like, I'm getting into this vehicle. Are they going to drive safely and take care of me? Whereas they've got that feeling of, who am I picking up? Is this person a psycho? Like, I need to have weapons in my vehicle or have all this, this stuff yeah. to keep myself safe. Like, there's both sides because essentially you're both in a vehicle with a complete stranger and you have no idea what that yes. person is like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Crowbar think- under the seat and night. Oh, she had so much stuff, didn't she? Yeah. 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 You know, part like of it just reminded me of, yeah, I don't, I don't have any of that. <laughs> but I, I remember, you know, I, I guess as, as women, you know, we've been told, you know, be, be careful. You can't walk in certain places and, you know, we, we want to be strong and don't tell me where in my city, in my life, I can't do this because somebody else makes me feel uncomfortable. So you might have something that, you know, mm-hmm. you could spray or so sometimes you're you're thinking about that constantly on your walk, wherever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I hadn't looked at at this um, uh, until it was described and thinking, oh, right. Yeah, there are a lot of things that could happen to the driver. I think I would be interested in driving, um, but I, I think I'd need somebody with me in the in the front seat as a, a co-pilot. I yeah. think it would be kind mm-hmm. of fun doing doing a ride share that way. And you almost mm-hmm. need it like I mean, a cop car where it's like the plexiglass. So they're like, you can I was just be gonna say that. in the front at like <laughs> yeah. a cage of some sort, because when the person could just like grab you or do something like that's scary. Yeah. Scary. You know, what was interesting. I could think about rideshare and um, I just, I had a rideshare one time with this guy who was like in an SUV and he was, he was absolutely hysterical. But anyway, you know, when you have narrow streets and you have cars that park on both sides so like to get through is pretty narrow mm-hmm. well he was driving me home and there was cars parked on both sides plus another car coming towards us and I was like in my brain I'm like oh no 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 someone's got to pull over and I'm like are you okay and he just kept going and he swerved he was like butter I don't know how he did it but he <laughs> he didn't slow down he just went and he had one hand on the wheel totally relaxed and he's just like doot, 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 doot. I'm like there's no way I could have done that I would have hit somebody. And he was amazing. (laughs) So I think sometimes rideshare, you just meet the most interesting people, too. Like, I kind of think I'd like to do it, but I'd want the plexiglass. Yeah. And and that was the other thing, like how, Deb, you just talked about, like, as a woman, you know, sometimes we don't feel safe in certain situations. But that was the interesting thing where Domini was always so paranoid about her safety. Yet when she saw Jolene going out, you know, just doing her thing, not really caring what anybody was, you know, leaving the doors unlocked. She was like, wow, like she can actually live like this where she has no fear about something Mm -hmm. happening to her. 
right? Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, she I, w- did, I wish yeah. I had more of that. Yeah. Yeah. The characters, I mean, we learned a lot about Domini, obviously. We learned about Jolene. We learned about Sharif, um, a little bit about the mom. But then I felt like some sometimes like the Stephanie and the Tony and like they just kind of yeah. came out of nowhere. And I was like, wait, OK, I'm kind of figuring out the relationships here. Or she mentioned yeah. certain people. So I felt like there wasn't enough on some of the characters because it was such a quick read with the both of them, the two main characters, Domini and Jolene. And we see how the book ends. Do you think there is going to be some kind of cat and mouse game that continues if like Dominique doesn't get her closure or her answers and doesn't actually ever leave her alone? Yeah, I think it's a must. <laughs> what do you think she does at the end of the book? Well, I think she's going to walk up to them. I don't know, because they're in a restaurant, but it's also where her dad worked, her appa, and her mom is there. Like, what's the last line? Like, mom, I'll be back or give me a minute. Like, yeah, she's I'll be back. back. And, yeah. She's going to do something. And Jolene is out there with her new her new girlfriend, yeah. right? And I'm like, oh, what is she going to do? <laughs> I think it's going to be uncharacteristic of who she is, who we've gotten to know at this point. So I I don't think we have anything to worry about. I don't think Jolene has anything to worry about except being put um, or or, um, uh, maybe having a little fear, a little more fear. Yeah, or maybe (laughs) she's interesting because, you know, Jolene at the end um, does slip, does you know, she's a fundraiser and a, and a you know, protests against everything. But she does put $8,000 on their doorstep, you yeah. know. So I guess she mm-hmm. kind of redeemed herself. Was, was Domini going to thank her? You know what I hope? I hope that Domini, I hope she opens the food truck. You know, she was going to open the food truck with her dad and... And it didn't happen. He passed away. But, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I really want to try the Paws Deviled Beef Sandwich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where Dominique's the only one who knows the actual secret ingredient. And, and that would get her out of this world of not being happy with what she's doing. And it's like a passion, a passionate job. And, you know, yeah. it'd be nice. And her mom yeah. might help out with her that. And that would be a nice way to end it. And, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe Dominique has grown and she's going to go thank her and say, you know what, because you showed me all this, you know, it's a learning for me and that mm-hmm. would be a great way for mm-hmm. her, things to end up for her or she could react as as she has <laughs> <laughs> but we still need it we'd still need more <laughs> yeah that and, scene where she shaves her head i'm like i yeah. know and bleaches it and then the the twice hit, hitting the, with the car twice because <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. once isn't good enough <laughs> Once isn't good enough. <laughs> Once is how they met by fate. And then the second time yes. was just to kind of end it. It was to start it and to end it. I think that's what it was. <laughs> oh. oh, my. Oh, my goodness. There was a lot of humor in this book, too. Like, we're laughing. So there's there's a there lot is. in here. And it moves along quickly. And it's just like, oh, this is that. Oh, you know, so it's fun. It's a fun read. Did either of you watch the 1970s film Taxi Driver? No. Yes. You did? Okay. Ages ago. Ages ago. So he shaved his head, too. Like, there's oh. a scene, right, where he kind of goes AWOL. And I'm like, I kind of thought there was a little bit of similarity between how he, what you know, what was going on with him and what was going with Do- with Domini. Yeah, because it was inspired in by that. So, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, great funny satirical read a lot of questions for Priya so this might be a good time to get Priya on the line with us absolutely all right Priya you've got Tanya Deb and myself Simone here with you from the relaxing reads podcast and we've got some burning questions about your debut novel 
Hey, Ash. <laughs> hey. Hey. Just to start, I guess, uh, how did the idea of this book come to you? Ooh, okay. So, obviously, I get asked this question, these questions. I've been thinking about interviews lately, and um, I feel like sometimes I just want to make up answers just for my own just for fun, but I'm not going to do that. Um, anyways, um, I was thinking about the film Taxi Driver, um, but not just that. It was 2020, and a lot was going on, and I was so angry. I was dealing with some rejections for previous manuscripts, and I, I mean, I can't stop writing. Writing means everything to me. It's how I, I breathe. Um, and I wanted to write something fun. I had to write something, and I wanted it to be fun. And I re- reflected on the film Taxi Driver, and I remember thinking about, and just doing acting training as well, thinking about characters I want to see, thinking about characters I want to read, and playing with some of those ideas. Yeah, and Domini's character, she's so, she's strong, she's sexy, she, you know, she likes to work out, she's got this fierceness, but yeah, she's angry. So where did some of those characteristics come from? Like, how did you build on her character? Um, I think a lot of it is based just on the reality, you know, being angry, being a woman, looking like a person like Domini. I mean, she is brown, she's Tamil, she's queer, um, and what that means for somebody in her body, but also in her situation. So it's really important to me that that rage didn't express all the different identities that she could tick off in a box, but the fact that she doesn't have much. So seeing it from the perspective of the haves and the have-nots, for example, there's a lot to be angry about. Um, and from there, um, you know, thinking about why Travis Bickle, for example, in Taxi Driver, why did he work out? He wanted to get strong because he wanted to um, assassinate a senator. But for Domini, her reasons and intention for wanting to work out are very different. It's to protect herself, it's to protect her family, um, being who she is, doing the job that she does. So kind of working and we're thinking about society, thinking about why we're angry, um, and just kind of just thinking about the reality of the situation. And you talk about her wanting to protect herself. Tanya and Deb and I just talked about that. Like we often, when we get into a taxi or an Uber, we think about ourselves and we think, okay, we don't know this person. Is this person safe? Are they going to be crazy? But the driver, when you're seeing the driver's perspective and they're thinking, am I safe? Like you see all the contents she has in her trunk and all that. Like where did, have you been in many ride shares or, or had kind of these experiences for you to draw from? Uh, that's really funny. So I only downloaded a rideshare app just before publication. Oh, wow. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually, um, my partner, he's been a cab driver and he comes from a family of cab drivers. So I've heard all kinds of stories. And for a very long time, for about seven years, every time I go into a cab, um, I always ask the driver, what's it like? Just because mm-hmm. you know that's been something that's so close to my life now. Um, yeah. And so through conversations with drivers, and I mean, you're going into their space. And it's true, like when I go into any cab or anyone's car, you're always thinking, okay, like, is it locked? Is there childproof? You, and that's something natural that you would think about. But of course, even for drivers, I mean, I volunteer for a driver's union and I'm a caseworker. And some of the cases that these drivers are dealing with, all it takes is one um, passenger to say one thing and they can be deactivated for something that they haven't done. So there's a lot on the line for them. Um, and it might take three, four months for an issue to be resolved. And they're not working during that time, at least not with that app.
so yeah, there's a lot uh, that drivers worry about every single day. Yeah, it really gives us a taste into that perspective. Before meeting your partner or knowing the ins and outs of, you know, what these drivers encounter every day, now knowing what you know, do you look at things or how differently are you looking at at things? And of course, now that you're side by side with them and and looking at so many other things. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities job to job. Especially if you're a gig worker, especially just, I mean, if you think about the workforce, I mean, just the workforce in general, we have these bosses, there are superiors, it's, um, there's a hierarchy with people who work, I mean, as artists, but gig workers, for example, who use an app, they're completely atomized, right? There's no one, there's no workforce, mm-hmm. there's no place. They have to organize spaces. So I guess working or volunteering for this union, it's made me really appreciate how important it is for us as workers. It doesn't matter what our work is, but as workers to really be there for each other. Like, I mean, the thing that holds a lot of drivers back and why they don't want to strike, like some rail workers are here in the UK, for instance, is because they need to make money. (laughs) They don't have a strike Mm -hmm. fund. They don't have a lot of people who are supporting them. Um, But if we had a bunch of, like, everybody, if everyone was just like, this no this is not right and had a whole day or two days of just saying i'm not going to use the app and this is why it would make a difference but um yeah all of us collectively as workers coming together it's very i think after writing and working in these environments seeing how important it is to not just separate ourselves but see how it is that we have so many similarities that make us all quite powerful together Mm-hmm. Priya, this is Tanya here in Edmonton. I, I wanted to know a little bit more about Jolene because we've been talking about her at length. And there were so many times when I was reading through the book going, what is she up to? What? I don't believe her. I don't trust her. I, you know, there's, I didn't like her very much. And, um, and certainly, you know, what she did with the doo-wop. And I'm like, she just wrecked everybody's lives. And, and she, uh, how, where did this character come from, and, and how did you sort of envision placing her in the story? She was a really important character, of course, but also the most mm-hmm. challenging to nail. And the thing that I, I mean, what I want to say right now, and what I think is really important, it's funny because I had this really weird dream today, about, and I, I wrote about it, and it's called A Jolene Dream, a dream but it had nothing to do with Jolene. Um, and I'll tell you about it in a second. But basically, <laughs> Jolene in the book, yeah, she's a liberal, white, wealthy woman. But essentially, I feel like there's a little bit of her, if you will, in all of us. I was drawing on a lot of my own experiences, my own fears, working, for example, in Sri Lanka as a westernized Tamil woman and going back home. You know, I'm going in with a lot of privilege. I'm going in with more money, even if I'm poor in Toronto or whatever. Mm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and mm-hmm. it was important for me to to ensure that Jolene wasn't a caricature of somebody, but I hoped that she would act as a mirror for people to be like, oh, my God, yeah, this is so cringy. This is terrible. But also hopefully deep down wonder, oh, shit, have I done something like that? Kind of like checking our own internal privilege. Yeah, not even your privilege, but like. I guess position. I guess where are you looking at something from? How are you examining something? And if you make a mistake, that's okay. Like on the other side of things, Domini and her friends, they weren't really upset with Joel. For Domini, it was about having a conversation. I just want to speak to you. The things that she had done in order to try to speak to her, yeah, that's questionable. We could talk about that. But what she ultimately <laughs> wanted was 
that conversation. And I think for me, that was really important to include. It wasn't about, oh, my God, we're going to shun her to a corner. That's it. But, no, we have to talk about things. And I think what we're seeing right now is we're quick to shun people from a conversation. And sometimes these conversations that are about race, class, gender, whatever, can be very hurtful with particular people. But I think it is really important to have very difficult conversations uh, moving forward. And that's what I tried, I hope, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I could, you know, put in the book somehow or hope that people could draw from that or these ideas. But, yeah, she came from my own personal experiences with particular types of people, really, um, and not just all white women. Mm -hmm. I I love that. We were talking earlier and I was thinking that there was something familiar. I recognized something about Jolene. Maybe in my head, I was picturing a couple of people who um, who have may, may have taken me on a ride, a different type of ride um, over the years. But maybe that was me, part of me. Do and I. I always feel like I need to do more, do my part in the world, like to join people who demonstrate and speak mm-hmm. up and and make a difference in the community. So I think. Jolene is maybe even more important than I I realized. (laughs) Mm, No, definitely. Like, I have this anxiety as well. Like, sometimes I'm just like, holy am I doing enough? Is what I'm doing, like, does it matter? How much rest do I need? How much um, action do I need to take? You know, it's a lot, especially right now, because there's so much that's going on and there's so much more that we're aware of. But yeah. Yeah, it was interesting how you didn't really specify which city this took place in, but you can see it in almost every city like this happens Mm -hmm. yeah um Mm -hmm. i had the wonderful opportunity because of my degree in teaching to live in a lot of different countries and cities um and so i was going back to a lot of places and of course there are a lot of similarities because of capitalism um and i wanted people to no matter where they are or where they live to wonder and ask themselves could this be here could this be home um, and then I think, yes, of course, it's very possible. That's, can you hear my cat right now? Aw, I was going to oh, ask. Yes. Cat. I thought Aww. it was a kid. Yeah. Cat wants attention. Yeah. It's always I am so familiar with that sound. <laughs> if it's not cats or kids, what fun would it be? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, Priya, like, you know, we were talking a little bit about that, uh, Last page. And you mentioned like, yeah, there's a lot of action between the two of them. The scene on the when she's jogging on the track, her in the house, and then you hear she's using the bed sheets later to work out. It like that those are so many funny moments in that in that book. But you know, we were thinking how it ends where she's at the the cafe with her mom and she's like, you know, give me a minute or whatever. What is she going to do? <laughs> is she going to have a conversation or is she going to fight her? <laughs> You know what? It always changes. And this, again, I, I kind of like the idea of people wondering for themselves what might she do and then sparking some sort of conversation. I'm not sure exactly what she's going to do. That's as much as she's told me. I'm going to go outside and that's it. So yeah. I'm not sure. Wow. I want her to yeah. open up the food truck. I want her to make Pa's devil beef sandwich with the special ingredient. <laughs> and I want her to thrive. I want her to thrive. So that's what I hoped. I hoped that she was maybe going to go thank Jolene for the money or something. I don't know. But then to just just get her life, her life sorted out. There was one question I had, though, Priya, and I, I couldn't find it. I, it's in the book somewhere and I couldn't find it. So Stephanie has a math degree. And it also said that there was one part of the book where it said between the two of us, we have this degree and that degree. So I found yeah. Stephanie has the math degree. What does Dominique have? She has an anthropology degree. 
episode. Anthropo- I knew it was something did. that she had. Oh, okay. interesting. All right. I was going to ask. Did too you, much did of an you... anthropology degree these days. No, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Very fascinating, but. Uh huh. Yeah. Did you, not Priya, me. have a, a favorite passenger, or uh, and also who or what would make the ideal client in your car? Ooh. Okay. I, I love Miss Patrice. Obviously, mm-hmm. she's lovely. Uh, She's really lovely. I like the woman who comes in with the thigh tattoos, who's really gothic. I, I just uh-huh. think the way Dominique sees her <laughs> yeah. makes me laugh every time with the purple dildos. Um, <laughs> from, the funny thing is I'm not a very good driver. <laughs> I'm terrible. Um, I don't have my full license. Uh, I actually <laughs> learned to drive manual uh, so I can understand what Dominique's feeling. I just don't trust people, and I f- hate cars. I just don't like yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I love how your book is centered around a car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a new driving instructor because I think my previous one, who I had during while I was writing the book, she kind of gave up on me. She's like, okay, so I wish you good luck. <laughs> the best of luck. I'm like, hey, on, I haven't done my test. Like, everybody learns differently. It's fine. <laughs> you can try so it was their stuff. fault. Like, drive <laughs> manual. Thank you very much. Oh, that's um, awesome. Oh my so gosh! If I have a passenger. I don't know any anyone who would love to join me on a ride and who can reverse because I'm not very good at reversing. We can go forward. Okay, <laughs> um, I can reverse, and I'll have to stop. <laughs> okay, there you go. So you can come with me we'll go somewhere. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and Priya, what's next for you? Can you uh, give us any intel if you're working on anything else or what you're kind of looking forward to next? Um, so I do have a second novel in the works. It's called Hustle Baby. Um, so that's that. Um, but right now, before I jump into thinking about the novel in its form and whatnot, I am playing with a screenplay. It may be something, it may not be something, um, but I'm having a lot of fun and I'm experimenting and it's, it's kind of mad and crazy and I love it. Oh, that's so exciting. Not just for you, but for us. <laughs> so we can see more of your work. <laughs> I hope so. But I also, ha- actually, I have a short story um, that will be published in another such stories in September. And it's called G-Spots in Geology, which I'm really excited about. Ooh. Yeah, that was another thing. This book got really hot and heavy at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we really enjoyed the read. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you. Yes. And my thank gosh, you, what, what a debut for you. And the cover, too. Love the cover. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. They nailed it. Not yeah. I and Emily. Yeah. I can, I can smell it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually get an air freshener? Did anyone send you an air freshener? No, no. we didn't get air no. fresheners. Oh, what a great idea, though. Erin. Yeah, I've, I've got Erin's contact info, so I'll, I'll hit her up for some air fresheners when I send her the link to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I need a new one. Amazing. But they've been doused in so many chemicals. Like when you said you, you can smell it, it's like that's what I'm thinking uh-huh. of. It smells amazing, but like leave a window open. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks again, Priya. Enjoy the rest of your evening. No worries. Enjoy your day. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for kicking back and relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.